0: Now it's time for Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndor, the number one relationship advice radio show in the U.S., brought to you by MembraceInLife.com, the number one vaginal moisture supplement.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ask Dr. Love. We're streaming live on YouTube. We are also recording the terrestrial show, and that'll air in your cities starting next week. And the video version will go out on Binge Network TV. And also people have asked me, how can I grab the show if I'm not here for the live stream? Go to AskDoctorLove.com under my archives and all the shows are there. So have you found it hard to have authentic conversations lately? Does it feel hard to find a safe place to speak freely without fear of awkwardness or judgment? We all want and we all need to feel connected to others, but the volume of issues that divide us these days has made it harder than ever to have friendly, open learning conversations. Among the many things to come to light during COVID is how underdeveloped we are at the important skills of genuine listening and civil dialogue it is this collective yet fixable shortcoming that is not only robbing us of the feelings of connectedness but is also eroding the very fabric of a healthy society today my guest christian elliott and i are going to talk about how to bring up and navigate potentially contentious topics how to take initiative to find your people and how to focus on what we humans have in common that can unite us with a sense of understanding and belonging Christian Elliott is a freedom-loving, God-fearing, awake-but-not-woke entrepreneur, coach, husband, and father of five. He has worked full-time in the alternative health space since 2005, and for nine years he ran brick-and-mortar locations where he and his wife led a team of health and fitness professionals across the spectrum of holistic disciplines. That breadth of experience taught Christian that real and lasting transformation goes beyond the tactics of health, it requires an inside job. In 2017, Christian and his wife Nina transitioned their expertise into a virtual coaching program designed to coach the whole human. His unique coaching model incorporates the trifecta of solid health strategies, the emotional relational components of change, and life coaching that accounts for the context and personal ambitions of each person. And Christian is, in short, in the business of creating health breakthroughs by going upstream to find and solve the real problems blocking people's health. Christian has a communications degree, a master's of divinity, as well as various health, fitness, and coaching certification. And he's personally done over 15,000 hours of one-on-one coaching and deeply loves his work. So without further ado, welcome, Christian.
2: Thank you. It's great to be here
1: great to have you. So could you please just inform me of one thing? Sure. Because in your bio you said you are awake but not woke. Can you please explain what you mean? What's the distinction?
2: (laughs) Happy to. Yes, to me there's a woke agenda that is um, perpetuated by our mainstream media these days says that the world is upside down, that black is white and left is right and right is wrong and they are trying to disentangle the fabric of society to reshape it into the way they want it to be rather than what really is. And so being awake to that agenda that they call being woke is what I mean by that, to to recognize that we are regularly being manipulated and told things that are someone else's agenda and to be awake to that, to be able to see through the news and understand or ask the questions, am I being lied to or am I being told things because particular people want me to think things? To be awake to that means you're trying to view the news or media with discernment and not just blindly believe what they're telling you and that the values that are being told to us that we need to accept are the ones that just only same people do these things. And to be able to see through that is what I mean by being awake to that particular agenda but not
1: woke so i have to say because we're streaming on youtube mm-hmm. these are the opinions of my guest
2: correct <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> right Yep. because i have been shut down so many times if a flea farts i get shut down so <laughs> so i'm just saying yes absolutely so um i have i'm admitting somebody who just came into the waiting room i'm getting really good at patting my head and rubbing my stomach <laughs> And, um, and I want everyone who's in uh, the studio live with us to know that if you have a question for me, or for Christian, the way you raise your hand is under the reactions tab on the bottom navigation bar, click on reactions and you'll see the icon raise hand. And there you can uh, ask us any questions live. And you can also use the chat option, which is a little bubble you know, on the bottom, and you can chat comments or questions. So where would you like to begin in helping people to understand where you're going and how you help people connect during these very contentious times, even when they don't see eye to eye? How do you go with this?
2: Well, yeah, it, it really, there's, to me, I, I like to start a conversation with um recognizing or looking for where you feel frustrated, looking for the area where you feel unheard or the um, an understanding of what, what beats in the human heart and this hardwired connection for, or, or longing for connection that we all have. The, The worst punishment we've been able to think of as humans is solitary confinement. It is to help us break contact with people. And you can break any human if you do that. And so recognizing that there's a hardwired biological imperative inside all of us that needs to feel connected to other people, not just I know your name, but there's a kinship that often is missing. There's a you understand me. Friendship is what happens when you say to someone something that you think or feel. They go, you too. I, I thought it was just me that felt that way. And there's an instant, uh, I feel safe, I feel accepted, I feel loved. And so much of what happens in society today is there's, in my opinion, perspective, obviously, there's an intentionality to divide us. There's money to be made by pitting us against each other and helping us um, find reasons to fight. And what we often miss in the is we have so much more in common than what we have that makes us different. So when somebody has this relational puzzle, my roommate, this, my husband, my wife, my coworker, my boss. And there's just this, I, uh, I feel like I can't, I'm on eggshells every time i um around this person. I like to step back and say, okay, well then how about if we start looking for the things that we have in common, the things that we all want, the things that beat in a human heart where no one really disagrees. We all want love and adventure and romance and significance and dig- dignity. And we want fairness. And we want to feel like we have autonomy and something to master and a sense of purpose. And when we start talking about those things as a framing for um, at least understanding where might I start a conversation and looking through the lens of, well, you wanna be loved, you want to be respected and and so on. How can I make this other person feel that way? And to your comment earlier, to, to be able to start breaking down the walls of contention, we have to really step back and say, well, then what would be the posture Of me in this dialogue that would make this person feel like it's okay to let their guard down and that they're not threatened and that they are welcomed to share their opinion. And I'm going to actually respectfully listen to that. And you demonstrate that with a thoughtful question that could only have come by ruminating on the words that they said. Those are usually the the places that I go, because it comes up a lot in coaching of how do I deal with this the other person? And it's realizing that. We're all the same at a very fundamental level. So can we get to that first and start to build a platform from which to reason or dialogue or come to understand each other better?
1: Right. So that makes complete sense. And I agree with what you're saying. And the way, uh, you know, I I told you that a few weeks ago, we had a show, How to Connect When You Don't See Eye to Eye. Mm -hmm. And the two people who came on are diametrically opposed in their political values and beliefs. And I, I always say that values are not to be negotiated on. So they make up the core of who you are, your sexual values, your political values, your religious values. And We would never say to someone your values are right and mine are wrong well i believe in abortion you don't i believe in sex before marriage you don't these are values they make up the core of the individual and to try to manhandle someone and try to twist his or her arm into going my way and according to my values is like trying to change a leopard to change to trying to make a leopard change change its spots the values make up the core of who we are and it's disrespectful to someone's essence, to try to twist his or her arm. So when we were in that diet, that discussion on how to connect when you don't see eye to eye, I didn't have them even discuss the thing, the okay. overt topic. We didn't even talk about the politics because then you start locking horns and well, you're wrong about this. And instead, we only talked about the feelings. Mm-hmm. Well, how does it feel to me that you hold a belief that's so different from me? I'm afraid of you. One mm-hmm. of the one of the participants uh, in the dyad said you know, my family was rounded up, they were put in, you know, pogroms, and, you know, and they were carted off, I'm afraid I'm going to be taken away. And you know, he talked about mm-hmm. the feelings that blocked them from connecting. Mm-hmm. And they built a bridge to each other around the feelings. And what what is the commonality? Well, we're all scared, like you said, we're all afraid to be uh, taken over or controlled or violated. So they really connected with each other. And we didn't even talk politics. So mm-hmm. what do you think about that?
2: Well, I, I like it and I think we could even optimize it. I, I think you're right. If we we can win a conversation in terms of the logic and lose the relationship, Absolutely. which means we lost. And if you're losing at relationships, then there's something that comes before that that has to undergird the ability to get to, I, I wouldn't want it to be like, you talk about your topics and we're going to talk about ours and there's no overlap and we'll never have a discussion because I think there's so much value in genuinely trying to understand another person's perspective and the story they have lived up until that point to give them that perspective. Yes. The inputs they have received that help them. So what
1: you're talking about is not to change the other, just Mm -hmm. to understand. Let me understand how you got here. I am Mm -hmm. not going to try to change your thinking.
2: Well, it's not an overt. It's a discovery that there's, to me, one of the framing things that really helps in a conversation is humility, It is to recognize that none of us see everything 100% clearly. And every one of us have gone through some bumps and bruises in life that have potentially created false narratives in our head of what we discern to be truthful. And there are times there are opportunities to step back and look at that history and say, I wonder if I maybe made a wrong turn in my thinking somewhere. And with humility to say, geesh, perhaps this other person has a really good point or there's something they have to teach me about the way I have seen the world that would be helpful and instructive that, and and if we can do that with humility in a non-threatening, more or less the psychologically safe, unconditional love type of environment that invites conversation and we can hold competing ideas in our head without feeling threatened by them. Right,
1: right. Let's, Let's take a break. We'll be back in a moment. Hi, it's Dr. Jamie Turndorf here. Are you feeling stressed out or suffering panic attacks, aches and pains, or stiff muscles, low energy, angry outbursts, or disturbed sleep? Or are you worried or depressed or feeling hopeless, like the world is coming to an end? Or are you not eating right or exercising or falling into self-damaging or addictive behaviors like binging on junk food, TV, or the internet? Or abusing drugs or alcohol, figuring what's the point? Or maybe work is getting on your last nerve, or your relationships are falling apart. If you said yes to any of my questions, you are likely suffering what I call the new global PTSD pandemic stress syndrome triggered by the coronavirus pandemic. Don't despair. My Energetic System Upgrade is your rescue remedy for the panic epidemic that is plaguing our world. The Energetic System Upgrade has already changed the lives of some of today's top leaders. Now you can experience your own Energetic System Upgrade healing transformation. I'm offering a limited number of discounted sessions for my radio listeners. Visit askdoctorlovecom forward slash Energetic System Upgrade. Don't wait. Visit askdoctorlovecom forward slash Energetic system upgrade attention ladies dryness is canceled are you tired of dealing with painful sex due to vaginal dryness are you ready to get back on your bike or hit the tennis court with your girlfriends without having to worry about the discomfort caused by dryness whether it's menopause related medication related or something you've just dealt with for so long that you've accepted it as a fact of life Membracin Life Sciences may be your long-awaited answer. A nutritional supplement taken daily that is completely estrogen-free and clinically studied, Membracin Vitality Pearls have helped over 500,000 women worldwide take their lives back. Just check out the 3,000-plus customer reviews on Amazon. Visit MembracinLife.com to learn more and use code LOVE for 15% off your first month. Give it 90 days and say goodbye to vaginal dryness. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Love. I'm Dr. Jamie Turndorf. I'm talking with my guest, Christian. Isn't it interesting, Christian? Mm-hmm. Um, your last name, Christian Elliott. We have someone in the studio with the same last name, and I don't think it's a relation. It, it it's might just- be it might be but i don't i don't know but in any case cuz i know a lot of people with that last name it's a common last name you know you're we talking bef- in in the first segment about how you can have a conversation with someone where you're really listening and understanding and you're not mm-hmm. twisting the person's arm trying to force the person to think the way you think just really getting with that person mm-hmm. and understanding the formative experiences that led to the creation of their beliefs mm-hmm. right their values their really all of it Mm -hmm. this is very enriching and very intimacy producing
2: absolutely yeah it's something i have to do on the regular for for coaching clients the way the type of coaching we have chosen to do is to really step back and say i want to understand the whole human which means i need to know their backstory i i need to understand where they have come to because an inevitable reality in a coaching engagement or in a growth trajectory if you want to become a new and better person you have to eventually face some of the mindset blocks you have or some of the limiting beliefs that have kept you from growth. And in the process of doing that, the limiting beliefs are usually anchored to a story or to a belief that's of some bully, some mother wound, some bully or some boss that said this thing or somebody that looked at you sideways. And you've internalized the way I avoid that pain is by doing this. I put up this wall or I make this absolute statement about who I am or what's possible. And To grow, we have to disentangle from that. And so inevitably in conversations where there is tension, it's sometimes realizing, like I said earlier, with the humility to step back and say, ah, am I bringing baggage from the past and projecting it onto this conversation? Perhaps I made a wrong turn in my thinking and there's an assumption that I'm working with that I never thought to question. And if that assumption changed, gosh, it might change everything.
1: It's so true what you're saying, yeah. Yeah. And, the th- and, you know, in shrink speak, we're talking about a transference, right? That mm-hmm. I put my mother's face or my father's face on everybody I'm talking to. And, and then I, I run my storyline, you know, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. the same. No matter where I go, I see everything thing through poop colored glasses, you know?
2: Yeah. No, it's that. You're right. So to be able to recognize that you have a set of lenses by which you're seeing the world. And maybe we can clean some of the smudges off of this and things look a little more clearly. Right, and exactly. that person that I am in tension with doesn't seem so crazy anymore because I understand them. And I realize, oh, we're we're both trying to meet this need that we have for validation or for significance or to be right or to be on mission. And we're just coming at it from different angles. And the more understanding we have of our own blind spots, most of the my experience... Helping people have the kind of bridge building, constructive conversations they long for is in turning the mirror on themselves, not looking for holes in the other person's logic. Right. And when you start with yourself and you demonstrate to the other person that it is safe to do that, what you're training them without them knowing it is that it's okay for them to do that too. And if you extend to them the willingness to question your own thinking or your own beliefs, like, that's a really good point. I had not considered that. You, cool. get to, you demonstrate to them to do the same thing. So. Cool.
1: Let me let me uh, take one of the questions that came in. And I think it'll be kind of interesting I because I sort of had a thought about uh, what I would say. And then if you'd like to also weigh in, you sure. certainly may. Okay. So this is the question. Boyfriend won't take the next step. Dear Dr. Turndorf, I've been dating my boyfriend for three years, but he won't take the relationship any further. Further because I have two kids. He says that he loves me and can't see his life without me in it, which melts my heart, but does not want to be responsible for my children. He wants things to stay the way that they are, living and maintaining our own households. I'm so bothered by this and want a real partner, but when I've tried to call it quits, he talks me out of it. Am I selfish for wanting more because I have kids? If so, how do I get past my wanting more? Okay, so I'm gonna just say, this is Dr. Love here. The issue here is you, not him. That you would even dare to call yourself selfish for wanting more, that is, wanting a partner who wants the entire enchilada with you, kids and all, is a real problem because you shouldn't be asking how to get past wanting more. That should not be your goal. Your goal should be to embrace what you call your selfishness and step into your power and truth and entitle yourself to embrace what you want. The situation feels to me like a poker game. The person who blinks first loses, you're blinking first by trying to twist yourself into a psychological pretzel and give up who you are and what you want. And don't think he doesn't know this. He sees you fold your cards time and time again when you come back to him after breaking it off. And I suspect that if you grew within yourself to the point of being ready to walk, if he doesn't yield, he'd yield. So I'm reminded of a patient whose husband was an abusive brute. One day she was in the car with him. She was the passenger. He ran a driver off the road and uh, pulled out a hammer and smashed the guy's windshield. Another time he threw her while she was seated in a chair across the room, smashed her into the wall and told her, if you try to call the cops, you'll be dead before you dial. So she came to me for therapy. She was terrified of retaliation if she dared to leave her husband. And she was so dependent on him, she didn't feel she could survive without his financial support. So I told her the same thing as this woman. He can sense that she feels that she needs him and isn't really wanting to leave. So our goal was to help her feel strong enough to live independently. And that is what we did together. And she soon felt that she would be fine on her own. And the cool thing is she never had to issue him an ultimatum. She never threatened him that she was going to walk if he ever became violent again. She shifted inside herself, and knew that she could live on her own. And amazingly, he got the energetic message that she had shifted, and he never laid a hand on her again. So this example applies to the woman whose boyfriend won't come around. Your work is to grow within yourself, to feel entitled to more, and I bet when he feels the shift in you, he's going to come around and relent. But when you make the shift and he senses that you're ready and willing to go, he'll come around, but do you really want a man who doesn't want all of you? And that means your kids too. And it's also important to look at the fact that he knew you had kids and he went forward with you all the same. It's like somebody who knows someone's a smoker, but goes forward and then says, oh, I can't commit because you're smoking. And I'm thinking that this kids is a cover story for him. Maybe he's a commitment phobic. Maybe if you stay with him and your kids are out of school and out of the house, he'll find another reason not to move in and commit to you. So I'm, I'm suspicious of this kid's story. I think it's a cover story. And the last point that is so important to me that you're trying to turn yourself inside out and be a good girl who gives up what you want most, hoping the man will finally embrace you, kids and all, makes me suspect that you have a deeper issue, an injury from your deformative years, no pun intended. And I sense that you didn't feel fully loved when you were young. I suspect you were made to feel guilty and selfish for wanting more. And I suspect also that you tried to be a good girl in order to win your parents' love. And no matter how hard you tried, you didn't get the love you crave. And that's repeating itself here in this relationship. We all recreate the most painful wounds from our childhood in our adult intimate relationships. And this is what the whole Kiss Your Fights Goodbye book is about. So my last thought is this. I know you love him, but love isn't always enough. There are lots of guys out there who could love you and want you kids and all. There and you christian
2: Am I third? okay yeah you yeah, want no to say? i i have several thoughts one would be just that there yeah there's something to the reality that you cannot work on him but you can work on you and to turn the mirror back and say where could i become it, it may be to uh, dr turndorf's point that you can just work on um have a little more of a backbone to say no this is this is what i tolerate and this is what i don't and to have that because the reality is we continue to get what we do tolerate in life um i guess to to offer something somewhat different than what she said. It's just that my guess is from his perspective, what there is, is there's there's a fear that he has beneath the surface to her point about committing. And where a a conversation can be helpful is for you to look at what would be a way to offer a sincere, non-threatening question that helps unearth what he is actually afraid of. And The more you're able to do that, the better it will be for the both of you.
1: Nice. Let's take a break. And also, you know, it's like what Ignatius of Loyola, the founder of the Jesuit order said, when you want to influence people, you enter through their door, but you have them leave through yours. And so clearly he is afraid. And I love the idea of getting him to talk about it, but it'll only work if he feels you're not twisting his arm, right? And trying to convince him, oh, come on, you can do it. It has to be totally neutral. Let me understand more. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Hi, it's Dr. Jamie Turndorf. Did you know only one stress, one accident, or one illness can trigger PTSD? And did you know that all the stress associated with the pandemic has created what I call the new global PTSD pandemic stress syndrome? And don't be so quick to say, I don't have PTSD because many conditions like depression, anxiety, pain syndrome, sleep disorders, and sexual dysfunctions are PTSD in disguise. And don't be fooled. Even after the pandemic is behind us, Your PTSD will not go away by itself. Hope is in sight. In my latest book, If You Think You Don't Have PTSD, Think Again, I share a simple, research-backed, drug-free program for reversing the new global PTSD pandemic stress syndrome, a solution your doctor doesn't likely know about. Read If You Think You Don't Have PTSD, Think Again today and be on the road to recovery right away.
0: If You Think You Don't Have PTSD, Think Again became a number one international bestseller within 24 hours of its publication. Grab your copy on Amazon, and find out why.
1: Attention, ladies and gentlemen, dryness is canceled. Have the events in your bedroom become less than eventful? Is libido a thing of your past? Enter Membracin Vitality Pearls, the number one selling vaginal moisture supplement. Let's hear what some real customers are saying. Finally, so happy to feel relief from the dryness I was experiencing. 58 years young and so happy to be intimate with my husband again, says Gail. And from Mr. S., I imagine you don't get many reviews from men, but after searching for something, anything that would help with my wife's dryness, we found Membracin. It's been about four months now, and what a difference it has made, not only for her comfort, but also for her libido. We've been enjoying each other almost daily. Don't let dryness and painful sex limit your relationship. Give Membracin Vitality Pearls a try for 90 days. Visit MembracinLife.com for more information and use code LOVE for 15% off your first month. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Love. I'm Dr. Jamie Turndorf. We're talking with Christian Elliott. And is there more you would like to say on the topic of connecting when in a disconnected world?
2: Well, there's plenty we could say. I guess if I was, there's there's several framing ways that help one, just us as the one that is feeling the, the disconnectedness learn to make bridges. And so the first thing I would say is um, have some level of discernment. Not everyone that you meet is going to be ready for probing questions and for conversations that are um, about uncomfortable things. And so b- discerning means you, you pick your moments that there's a scripture that says, don't throw your pearls before pigs, right? They it, Pigs don't appreciate jewelry. You, you don't need to waste your breath on somebody who's obviously not interested in having a conversation. So begin to look for people who are and sometimes you know that by just the, play, the circles you run in, where are you going, where you're more likely to find the kind of people that you want to interact with. Um, I already mentioned humility. It, that is such a, a bridge building element of any conversation where it, okay, maybe I don't see something clearly. I wonder what I have to learn here. And to recognize you can learn something from anyone. And I think the third piece of, I'm trying to give you just simple takeaways, it's discernment, it's humility. And the third one would be just curiosity, just taking a fascinated posture into a conversation where the goal isn't to win an argument. The goal is to learn something and to genuinely understand another person's perspective. That is a very non-threatening way to go into conversation. And as we live that out, it, it, it's magnetic, the kind of people that we attract or the way that we're just asking questions because we genuinely want to learn, and people end up thinking we're a good conversationalist.
1: Right on. So, give an example of a conversation like that with your wife okay. and with your five kids. Example. Uh, okay. A
2: conversation where, so I, my, I, let's see, I've got several, uh, I've got five kids, one that one in particular that is quite stubborn, and he wants to help with everything and do everything dad does and, and just, Um, insert himself into things that are going to take a lot longer if he's there. And so my ability to um, be discerning, is this the time where I just have to shut that down and say, nope, that's not, this is not the moment for that. Or um, to be able to ask him a question or calm myself and say, wait a minute, I'm getting worked up over something that it's very normal for a kid to ask to do this sort of thing. And why don't I um, take a breath and Quickly think. Okay, is this is this an opportunity to teach him something, or to have a conversation that says, "I love you, but not now," or "Yes, let me teach you the thing." And that posture, by taking it, it, it's starting to teach him it's okay to to come to dad and to interrupt things. But when dad says no, I need to learn to respect that. And the repetition of that psychologically safe place to come and interrupt and say, "Dad's not going to be mad at me. There's no threat to our relationship here." But he can also um, tell me no. And I know that it doesn't mean there's something wrong with me here. Um, that I think in, in childhood, we miss so many of those opportunities. What, what parents, myself included, doesn't say things are like, ah, I wish I hadn't said that. Right. So the more that we're able to pause moments and step back and say, no, you can come in and, and do this and, um, or no, not right now. And then, um, I guess one for, for Nina Let me
1: just say one thing. What I like about what you're saying is that, you know, even when you're setting a limit, you can still listen to the other person's feeling. You know, Mm -hmm. so it's that idea of, you know, in the same way we're having a conversation, I may not agree with you. You may not like the limit I'm setting, and I can listen to you and understand how you feel and not squash you, Mm -hmm. you know, and your feelings. Because that's so damaging for kids, right? That the feeling goes underground when they Mm -hmm. get sanctioned or told no and if you could just feel that your feelings are heard and respected, yes. you could even accept the limit and it's not.
2: Yeah. I read in the book a few years ago that the number one, and you probably would know this better than I would. The number one reason or uh, indicator, whether or not a marriage will last is whether or not the wife feels heard. And there's this hardwired need inside every human. And in particular, I think women have it a little bit higher, but there's this need to be heard and validated, even if, there's no answer. There's no there's no particular solution that comes up. It's just this is outside my head, and someone else heard it. And if we offer other people that opportunity, like my son interrupted me to feel heard, like I know I see you. That instant half second of validation goes a long way inside the psyche of a person, and it even works on yourself when you're frustrated and you don't know what's going on. To just step back and say, "Huh, I'm actually feeling filled like lonely, sad, frustrated, whatever the thing is." It gives a level of logical validation that calms down the emotion. And you can start to say, well, ah, now that I understand myself a little bit better, how shall I then live? What would well, because be you're, you're being
1: input? a good parent to yourself. You're doing like inner, you know, re-parenting right. of the child. I'm going to listen to you. And that works really well when you say it out loud. Oh, come on now. What's wrong? And then you literally talk to yourself the way yeah. you needed to be parented. and And the out loud gives the psyche, the feeling of a parent talking out loud to you because it's going in your ear. The out loud thing is so wonderful. Yeah. So, you know, and you just have a natural quality about you that's loving and accepting. So it's it's not a big stretch for you to do it, Uh, but oh my goodness, is it healing when you do what you're doing. Everyone needs it, not just our kids, everyone needs it. So, you know, why don't we take a quick break And then what I was thinking we could do when we come back is you could share the story about you and your wife.
2: Okay, sure. Sounds good.
1: That'd be great. All right, we'll be back in a moment.
2: You're listening
0: to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. If you yearn to get along better with your life partner or spouse, friends, family members, and even co-workers, Dr. Turndorf's best-selling Hay House book, Kiss Your Fights Goodbye, Dr. Love's 10 Simple Steps to Cooling Conflict and Rekindling Your Relationship shows you how to turn conflict into connection for a lifetime of lasting love. To find out more, visit AskDrLove.com. Attention,
1: ladies... Dryness is canceled. Are you tired of dealing with painful sex due to vaginal dryness? Are you ready to get back on your bike or hit the tennis court with your girlfriends without having to worry about the discomfort caused by dryness? Whether it's menopause related, medication related, or something you've just dealt with for so long that you've accepted it as a fact of life, Membracin Life Sciences may be your long-awaited answer. A nutritional supplement taken daily that is completely estrogen-free and clinically studied, Membracin Vitality Pearls have helped over 500,000 women worldwide take their lives back. Just check out the 3,000-plus customer reviews on Amazon. Visit membrasinlife.com to learn more and use code LOVE for 15% off your first month. Give it 90 days and say goodbye to vaginal dryness.
0: You're listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Janie Turndorf. If your heart is still hurting over the bodily loss of your loved one, the reason is simple. We're not meant to be separated from those we love and reconnecting is the only way to end the grief. But reconnecting and staying connected requires guidance. As a gift to her listeners, Dr. Turndorf is offering a limited number of discounted grief relief sessions to help you reestablish your relationship and resolve any unfinished issues. If you're ready to experience the healing and joy of reconnecting, visit AskDrLove.com slash grief relief to schedule your session but don't wait space is limited visit AskDoctorlove.com slash grief relief to find out more and now back to dr turndorf
1: welcome back to ask dr love i'm talking with christian elliott and you were about to give us the dirt uh <laughs>
2: You want a good juicy story, do you? Okay. Yes. Well, me, let, I'll give you one. that. Um, so there was a, a time in our in our marriage where um, I'm not throwing my wife under the bus, but I'm mentioning a, a, some examples of what we have talked about prior of the stories that we have told ourselves throughout our life compound, and then we start to see life through that lens. And oh, so yeah. different elements of her past, even prior to me, had... Reinforce the story that her value is tied to her productiveness, how many things and tasks she knocks out. And if the ledger is balanced, she's a good person. And if not, she's got this bread in her ledger. And there's, there's this ache that I'm not measuring up. And that what the, the implicit message over time was, if you're not doing enough things, you're not valuable. And there were things that I inevitably did to reinforce that narrative, not necessarily knowing I was doing that. And so that's my contribution to that um, tension or that pressure cooker, that, that feeling that built up. And we didn't know that was what was under the surface, that there was this unspoken, you're only good if you validate yourself with enough actions. And to disentangle from that, I I had to You know, ask questions. And slowly over time, I realized I found the better questions. So, even to what your guest was talking about earlier of asking questions like, and again, the non threatening tone of it it saddens me that you feel that way. What help me understand what have I done that gives you that perspective? Because I I genuinely want to know. And as the stories come up and as the narrative begins to unfold of where I had reinforced that belief. I got to offer other questions. I got to genuinely, sincerely offer counter narratives. So, does that, does it, do you, have you always felt like that? Is it every situation or are there particular times? Is there a different way I could handle that? And then to balance it out with stories that say your worth is couldn't be more. It is sealed and set and 100% nothing will change that. And to offer the stories that reinforce that, it starts to disentangle from the lie that worth is attached to the number of good things you can do and that it's intrinsic because you are fully known and fully loved and nothing will get you away from that Um, but it takes conversations that are actually i had to investigate to learn what it was that i was doing and what things she was believing or how she was perceiving my own actions that was that was the heart of the problem so well it's, it's a universal doesn't really matter what situation when there's two people in conversation if you can begin to look for where what are the assumptions we're making or the the sentences we believe to fill in the narrative gaps of our life that then we anchor to and haven't thought to question. And so that was a, that was a good moment for the two of us to recognize we come from different backgrounds and with different you know, baggage that we both bring to it. And there's a safety in being able to have conversations like that where, okay, wait, that relationship's not in question. So how about if we, step back and try to figure out where did we get off track or get such different perspectives on things. And it really does go a long way too. We have so few arguments or points of contention anymore because we're we're both good at slowing down, reading each other's facial expressions, body language, tone, and saying, okay, I need to ask a question, not just you should, you need to, like those are two of the worst things you can say to another person. You should do this. You need to do that. It's so counterproductive. Questions are such a better way forward.
1: Right. And the tricky thing is, some people who are very fragile
2: can
1: mm-hmm. hear a question as a statement or an accusation, mm-hmm. and, you know, because the unconscious yeah. translates that as you're saying X, Y, and Z. So, for very fragile people, you may need to precede the question with a disclaimer like, Now I'm not saying that this, I'm really trying to understand where you're coming from. Yes. You know, what you did for your wife there was a very corrective emotional experience. And that's the highest and most divine function of our intimate relationships, as you know, mm-hmm. to be able to provide a very different and healing experience and mm-hmm. it part of the healing has to start with first i got to see you like the people who did judge me or did give me the feeling that i had to perform in order to win love mm-hmm. and so you went in there and gave her such a healing it's you don't have to perform at all i just love you you know and yeah. over time that dissolves the the daddy or the mommy transference and is so healing
2: yeah, it's it's yeah. a it's hardwired into every human and when you recognize that I'm when we are irrational and all of us are we're emotional beings who happen to think rather than logical beings who sometimes have emotions. Our, our emotions are what drive us they color the richness of our experience as humans. yes and when those plot points can take on a different narrative, when there's a healthier oh, now that I'm older, I can look right. back at myself at whatever age and I can actually here's what I would say to her now that would have meant a lot if i have yeah. heard that at that age and it's just it's unwinding some of the wrong turns we made you know the-,
1: the trick too is like it, it's always really difficult when you're in the throes of it's mm-hmm. like a, taking a trip down memory lane mm-hmm. you're relating to the ghosts of christmas past you're not even right. seeing your partner as mm-hmm. anything but the parent who did you wrong or some other significant other mm-hmm. it, it's so difficult in that moment when all the feelings are flooding you to to even stop hold your horses and say wait a minute could I be distorting here? Is it possible? Very, very difficult to do because it feels so real in the moment. Like I'm getting so hurt and I'm mm-hmm. so mad. And so how do you help people in that moment to step back and just give it a 1% possibility, gee, maybe he's not criticizing me or maybe mm-hmm. he's not dead. So what do you Yeah, the,
2: here, the shortest answer I can say that is, is observing. Or pausing or in, it's an inhale there's the fmri machines daniel kahneman talks about this in thinking fast and slow you have about a half second when you yeah. get a rush of emotion from the base of your brainstem that will take over your thinking or your prefrontal cortex that will take that over and you have about a half second to put your thinking brain back in charge so in a moment where you get this rush of emotion to just go whoa okay i that was really triggering where is that coming from because often it's just not logical that it would be the proportionate emotion that we brought to that That'd scenario change. from something that was you know could could be taken other ways so what was it about that that triggered you so the phrase i mentioned earlier huh that's a pretty good one right the me is frustrated the, the me i feel anxious i'm feeling unseen i feel nervous i feel frustrated to name it stops that flood it literally in the brain scan they say reverse the the thinking brain is back in charge and you're able to in that moment of tension to choose your emotion. Wait, like, hang on, I don't have to be triggered. I'm giving something else permission to switch my mood. How about if I didn't just let my mood go wherever it wants based on external events? What if I took a breath and said, hang on, I need to have a moment. I don't have to blow up at my kids right now. I don't have to tell this person off. I don't have to pick the the unkind or not so friendly thing we could do. And by observing recognizing what we are feeling and then choosing to think through the trigger and pick a different emotion and try to reason and okay hang on when you said that that it made me feel this way so one of the most helpful things i i read or that um helped me with this is the idea of naming the dynamic between people and
1: right what so- i find is a really easy kernel there and this is like you know i have this uh the conflict resolution method that mm-hmm. I perfected over decades. I'm so freaking old really, but but <laughs> no, but, the, but I, I, I don't look as old as I am. But the, what I always do is I say, uh, if it's hysterical, it's historical. So not only name what it is, but see if you can come up with a memory from your deformative years. Ah, I feel this way and I felt this way when my dad used to not show from my games. Mm-hmm. So the minute you make that attribution and you connect it to the original injury, it also not only calms you down, but it enables you then to speak to the other person who triggered you and transform that person from enemy to ally because you're saying, look, you're not the antichrist. You just reminded me of something my dad or my mom did. And mm-hmm. now that person is your ally. really tell me more. What did he do or say? And now we're working together as a team to heal the, the wound that just got reactivated. Let's just take a quick break. We'll be back in a moment. Attention, ladies and gentlemen, dryness is canceled. Have the events in your bedroom become less than eventful? Is libido a thing of your past? Enter Membracin Vitality Pearls, the number one selling vaginal moisture supplement. Let's hear what some real customers are saying. Finally! So happy to feel relief from the dryness I was experiencing. 58 years young and so happy to be intimate with my husband again, says Gail. And from Mr. S. I imagine you don't get many reviews from men, but after searching for something, anything that would help with my wife's dryness, we found Membracin. It's been about four months now, and what a difference it has made. Not only for her comfort, but also for her libido. We've been enjoying each other almost daily. Don't let dryness and painful sex limit your relationship. Give Membracin Vitality Pearls a try for 90 days. Visit MembracinLife.com for more information and use code LOVE for 15% off your first month.
0: You're listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. If you can't stop crying over the bodily loss of a loved one, Dr. Turndorf's number one international bestseller, Love Never Dies, How to Reconnect and Make Peace with the Deceased, shows you how to toss out the tissues and transform your grief into joy using her groundbreaking Dialoguing with the Departed technique that enables you to reconnect and even heal unfinished business with those in spirit. To find out more, visit AskDrLove.com and now back to ask dr love with dr jamie turndorf
1: welcome back to ask dr love i'm dr jamie turndorf talking with christian elliott i have to ask you to unmute can you unmute yes ma'am wait Um, there we go there you go so talk a little bit about uh who you work with where you work how online what you know everything i'd like to yeah, hear yeah. more about that
2: sure yeah we are a uh, strictly virtual coaching company now so we are um the typical age is about 50 and older we get some 30s and 40s but it's usually 50 and older that's people who have gotten to a particular age or stage of life where they are recognizing okay i'm not going to live forever and i want to i want to finish strong i want to get in front of this aging process and do it well. I want to face the things I have tried before that haven't worked as well. And I'm, I'm okay with an inside job. I, I wanna go to work on me and knowing that in the process of doing that, that you can actually grow and that you can, your body is fantastically capable if we can disentangle from a lot of the themes we've been talking about today. I end up doing a lot of work with people in this arena of the, the emotional and, and psychological or human nature elements of, the change process and marrying that with the context of someone's life like do you have kids do you not do you have work do you, what do you do and to be able to bring to bear really solid health information um, it's such a fun work i work with fewer people and i get to go deep and that's that's my choice i love this work and so um it's really just anybody the mindset is really the number one trigger if you have if you are ready for the deep work of healing and changing at a fundamental level and you're okay with. A slow down to speed up process that you will never on that you will never outgrow. Um, that's what we do. So
1: and your wife does it too?
2: My your wife and I I do the majority of the coaching. We bring her in typically for nutrition type information, for cooking, for homeschooling type, if that's a, an issue for some of our clients. So um I do most of the coaching, but she, we have a, a group coaching call every Tuesday and she always joins us for that. So we get a good mix of both perspectives on the process. So yeah.
1: So do you you combine the one-on-one work with the group coaching or you do separate, separate coaching, some just group and some just one-on-one.
2: It's, it's a mix of both. So we have any client we have has um, opportunity to do one-on-one coaching as much as they need. And then um, after they, you know, they use as much one-on-one as they need, then we have the group call where there's a dynamic to that where they're making friends and they are um, coaching each other in a way, bringing wisdom to Um, the experience of transformation that I don't have, that is a a group element that is precious. And often they make really good friends that way. So it's a mix of both. And so far, so good. We love it.
1: Yeah. You know, I was thinking it might be fun and instructional. I mean, we didn't prepare any of this. It's becoming dark because I was outside and there was loud loud, lawnmower and leaf blowing and all this other noise. So I I'm coming back in and I'm let there be light. So what I was thinking is maybe you and I we didn't prepare it, but maybe we could do a little experiential exercise. Sure. Would you like to?
2: Okay. I I am flexible. You you take the lead and
1: (laughs) oh well I was thinking because I'm you know the show is you know for you Mm -hmm. and I'm you know helping people get to know you better. Mm -hmm. I, because everything turns on listening, you know, Mm -hmm. I I, I always say on the road to conflict resolution, listening is the super highway, Mm -hmm. right? Listening, and you are a big fan, I see, of listening. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering if maybe we could give a demonstration of listening and how people could bring that listening into their lives when snags and roadblocks come up
2: okay so your intent is i ask you some questions that just kind of start to demonstrate the process about your you in particular
1: i'm just trying to think how we could do it because we're just winging this on the fly Mm -hmm. how about this Mm -hmm. um do you do you have a like an area where we could do like a hypothetical where we're not agreeing and then you could demonstrate how you would listen Sure. We have, to, we have to pick up a we have to pick a topic somehow that maybe something that has really happened in your life. Uh something with your wife. Something with someone close to you and then I could play the part of the someone who's got the problem and you could demonstrate <laughs> how you want to listen. Something like that. that might okay.
2: Be- you have a topic in mind or you want me to pick one?
1: You leave the toilet seat up all the time. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, that's a low-hanging fruit. That's a just sorry, I can yeah, guilty. I can do that.
1: <laughs> Maybe I'm hitting too close to home. I don't know. Yeah. It just popped into my mind. All right, how and and you know when people have asked over and over again about something, they're naturally more annoyed, right? So then they're <laughs> not presenting it in a way that's calm, which also automatically triggers the defensive response of the other mm-hmm. rather than the inclination to listen. So I'll play the wrong part. Okay. Uh, How many times do I have to tell you, stop leaving the toilet seat up? It's so (laughs) annoying.
2: (laughs) Yeah. That's so. that one. The typical response is, yeah. Sorry. Um, I should, you shouldn't have to tell me that many times. Um, Did I do it again today?
1: (laughs) Okay. This is like the perfect way to respond because first you accepted responsibility, you know, and that's like one of the most highly correlated apart you know when you say women want to be heard when a man accepts responsibility you're hearing me so that was awesome you get a gold star for that <laughs> and then you leaned in with interest did i do it so you were open like did i do, did i pick a, an issue that's for a real one
2: <laughs> yeah, no fortunately we don't have trouble with that one around here That <laughs> so oh, we good. have conquered that one
1: cool but it was and and the thing is you so you accepted responsibility then you asked a question to clarify did i do it now let's just say i lose it even worse Uh how many times i yeah you keep on saying the right thing and you and then you keep on doing it then you would i'd I'd
2: probably go with something like i'm I'm, I'm so sorry it's you sound a little worked up or like you're having a tough day. Is something on your mind?
1: Listen, don't put this on me and say, it's my tough day. I'm annoyed that I have to keep asking over and over the same thing. Oh my God, this is a script you hear a lot, <laughs> right? Right.
2: Yeah. You're but, okay. I well. mean,
1: you get the idea. I can't believe we're coming to the end. I should have thought of this before because the idea is you're reflecting. So mm-hmm. that's excellent. You're reflecting back. Yeah, mirroring. I mean, yeah. and. But the thing is, I find that when when guys say, are you having a tough day or you, are you getting your period? Oh, my God. Women well, go nuts. Tone to is that. important
2: on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or just you could just mirror the last three words. The, the toilet. I could just say the toilet seat. Yeah. Again. And yeah. It, what, it's going to trigger you to just keep going and you're just going to go. And I, I'll eventually right. get to the heart of the matter because you uh, feel free to, to talk. We have to
1: stop now. I am so bummed because I was just <laughs> getting into the toilet seat. Christian Elliott, give your website. We have like one second. Sure. Christian true, Elliott. True
2: whole, true whole human.com and you can find us there.
1: Awesome. Come back anytime. See right. you next Thank time you. on Ask Great time Love. With you.
2: You've been
0: listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf, brought to you by MembraceInLife.com, the number one vaginal moisture supplement. Sign up for Dr. Jamie's newsletter at AskDrLove.com and receive her meditation audio that will guide you to open your heart and chill out during these stressful times.